The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The following is a presentation of the Speedsport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his dues in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battle's for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. So, I mean, I was doing it all myself. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in. Pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. Today's guest, and it's kind of an update because he was one of our guests back in week three of the show, so had to have been three, four months ago. Uh, NASCAR Career Cup Series, 344 races over 18 years, 27 top tens and three poles. Xfinity Series, 547 races over 26 years, 9 wins, 173 top 10s, and 10 pulls. Mike's brother, Kenny Wallace. Herman, what's up, dude? I'm, I'm laughing to myself because when you when you read those stats off, I'm a little better than you thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what the hell are we calling this guy? He ain't never done that. And you, start, you, start to read, you start to read those stats to yourself, and you're like, damn. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good career. <laughs> yeah right right damn I didn't I didn't know I I ran 905 NASCAR races and uh, but hey listen I'm a big fan of yours and uh, thanks for having me on I appreciate it. 
Well, we need you to update us on all the cool stuff you've become after, uh, you know, Jeff, we went and dirt raced a month ago out in Coca-Cola, right. right. Arizona, watched all that stuff go along the border. But, Herm, tell us what you've been doing getting ready to go to Florida. You're taking your mod down to Florida, right? Well, you know, it's, it's that time of the year. Uh, I always tell uh, Austin, this kid, he's 21 years old, works with me, and I said, you know, Austin, I said, life's kind of funny for me because – Although, you know, we get to the middle of January and everybody has accepted it's the start of the new year, it really seems like you got to get to the middle of February. And and people, when they turn on the TV and they see NASCAR, they're like, oh, it's a new year. And, and, I, and I believe that's where we're at right now. It seems like everybody's starting to talk about racing. Yeah, well, we just come off of the 24-hour race of Daytona yesterday. It ended up being a really good race for yeah. classes. Come off of good football games over the last two weekends, and now next weekend is the race at the Coliseum. What do you think about that? Well, be honest you know, now. This, you know, I, I know I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, but it, it's loaded, so be, you know, you you might have to interrupt me. So, when you go back, uh, you know, there's a really interesting show that comes on Sundays with Graham uh, Bessinger. Uh, he interviewed Jimmy Johnson, uh, our seven-time NASCAR Cup champion. And, and Jimmy said what I've always thought. He says, you know, the, the pay for the drivers, everything is down 50% as far as pay. Now, in my opinion, you know, the sport of NASCAR is down 70%. And the, where I bring up that figure is when you look at, say, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Daytona 500, you know, uh, where these places used to have 200,000 people, right? So now we know it's Charlotte. We're lucky to have 60,000 people. The Daytona 500 is now, what, 100,000 people? So, you know, we're down every bit of 50 to 70%. And, you know, we got a fourth generation. You know, uh, we got Ben Kennedy France, who's in charge now of NASCAR. And then if you look at Fox TV, you know, you have Jacob Ullman, and Jacob is in charge of talent. He's the one that hired, uh, you know, Troy Aikman for football. Or Joe Buck, right? So the collaboration between Ben Kennedy France and Jacob Bowman at Fox, they decided to have this UCLA Coliseum race. And I believe because of everything I just said, they have to reinvent the wheel. We are at a point where they always used to say, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Nothing's broke. Well, NASCAR's broke you got to reinvent the wheel. And I really believe, you know, they've got this new car, this new next gen car. And, uh, you know, everybody says, look, this is going to be a disaster, but we're all going to tune in to watch. And I believe that's what, you know, this Sunday's race inside the USCL Coliseum. I think it is a reaction of, you know, we've got to reinvent NASCAR and listen, more power to them. I'm behind them. 110%. And what's your thought about going into a Coliseum-style race, something that small for, for a Cup Series? There's a lot of people, you know, they got the 50-50. Well, it's going to be good. They're going to tear cars up, which we that happens everywhere. But do you think that was the right place to relaunch? Are they doing that because there's so many things sports-wise happening in L.A. at that time? You know, we had a playoff game yesterday. We got the, the race next week. We got the World or the Super Bowl the following week. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're just trying to – garner all those people to get to, to be race fans 
Well, they just came out this morning. They've only sold 50,000 seats. So there's only going to be 50,000 people in there, which is not a lot of people. It, it, to me, it's more about TV. So, you know, we all know that TV pays the bills right now. Uh, it's an enormous amount of money. And I believe that they felt like that was an unbelievable, it will make people stop and look, right? So, I mean, yeah, we could do it at Bowman Gray up in Winston-Salem, but it doesn't have that shock value like you're going to do what? You're going you're gonna to put this makeshift racetrack inside the one of the most famous coliseums in the world, not the United States. So I think they went for the shock value, and uh, that, that's my opinion, brother. I, I know they're going to wreck. That ain't, that ain't this. Hell, we wipe out 20 cars at Daytona and Talladega, so what's the difference? You know? <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing to me is you, you build a quarter-mile racetrack, so you're, it's basically a legends track. Okay, and you're going to put 24 3,000 pound stock cars on there. I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't see that. Yes, it's going to be a wreck fest, but I, I just don't see that as being a competitive race. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So, so what, you know, we're all, we all, we all are the same. And I come from a different breed, right? I was born different. I'm, I look at everything differently. So here's, you know, here's the way I look at the deal. They've been doing the Bud Shootout, you know, whatever. They've changed the name three times, so whatever you want to call it. Uh, they have been doing that Bud Shootout, the Bush Clash, for 30 years. And the last time they had it, I think there might have been 10,000 people in the grandstands, and nobody watched it. So we got to do something. Right. You know what I mean? And and they're just they're just doing something, and I cannot talk bad about it. Because they might not do it next year. It might just be something for this year. And, and I'm always that person that, you know, I truly believe in positive mental attitude. You know, until it becomes a bad deal, and, and everybody knows I'm most popular on social media for MFing people. You know, I'm the guy that's going to tell you, no, no. But, but I'm also the guy that's not going to talk bad about it. Let, let's see first. Yeah, let's take a look at it. I'm going to watch. Let's back up a little, though, and talk about putting dirt on the racetrack at Bristol. Is there really something broken about Bristol? I don't think so. So, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to change something, change some of these other cookie-cutter tracks, but not Bristol. So, that, that I agree with you uh, on a certain part of that subject. Here's what was really weird about that whole Bristol deal. So Bristol became very boring, and it was boring, until the night something happened. I don't know if they put down that that grip differently, but, you know, when you go to the night race there last year, uh, all of a sudden, you know, we got three cars, four cars fighting for the lead in that Xfinity race. If you remember that, it was Almondinger, and it was, you know, Allgaier and it was like, holy moly, we haven't seen a race at Bristol like this ever. This That race was better than, you know, the Rusty Wallace and the Dale senior days. It was like, oh, my God. Well, maybe it was just that race. Well, then the cup race come along, and I was like, oh, my God. So everybody went on social media and said, quit putting the dirt on. Bristol's fixed. Well, Bristol was – they broke Bristol when they widened the front straightaways out because everybody quit wrecking. Um you know, people are fork and tongue. They they speak out of both sides of their mouth, right? We 
we all loved Bristol because of the bump and run, right? Back in 30 years ago. That you'd bump a driver out of the way, the direct crowd come to their feet, we'd fight, they loved it. Well, then they made it to where we wouldn't wreck, and then they hated it. So then, But then you wreck too much at Bristol and Talladega, and it's like, oh, it's a wreck fest, this is stupid. So see, they speak out of both sides. Like, what do you want? You want us to wreck? You don't want us to wreck? What do you want? Um, to me, it's more of just a societal shift. People just are miserable. They don't like their life. America's changed so much. <laughs> and everybody's just friggin' miserable. They don't know what they want. Well, what about, let's think on some positive things here. We're talking about the NASCAR world, but because you're so diverse in your types of racing, you got your start in the NASCAR world, you got a lot of social media following, you do a lot of appearances. What? Tell us about the dirt world. How is it going out there? Not just your mod racing, but the late model dirt cars and all various types, wing cars. It seems like there's a kind of been a resurgent over the last couple of years that the short track dirt world is really on fire. Great question because you know, uh, you know, you and I, brother, we grew up in uh, on asphalt, right? I mean, you know, when when our dad Russ raced, you know, dad raced on asphalt and dirt, so it wasn't like we were one dimensional, you know. Uh, we know that, but you know, you and I and, and Rusty, I mean, Rusty even dabbled in USAC dirt racing, and you're an incredible dirt racer. So here we are nowadays where. Besides the Snowball Derby, the, the only race left for asphalt short track racing that is big is the Snowball Derby. That's it. Everything else is, you know, fell off the face of the earth. You know, the, you know, we just ran the Winchester, you know, 400 and like 15 cars showed up. It was a disaster. Um, so what has happened is dirt racing has become incredibly popular. It's cheaper. Uh, there are more people in the stands. They've got better apps to watch the racing on. You've got Flow, which is an app on your phone. You've got Dirt Vision. And the races are incredibly exciting. The cars are sideways. And now you've got all these races paying. You know, they're getting ready to run Eldora this year, and they're going to pay $1 million to win. It's because Damn. they got the money to do it. <laughs> You're yeah. a crew chief, let's, and Jeff. Let's get a car. Let's, go, let's make it happen. I'm ready. Well, well, yeah, but in, in it gets better, Jeff. They've got all these series now, like the World of Outlaw Late Models, you know, and they do have the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, but they got the World of Outlaw Late Models. They've got the Lucas Oil Late Models. And, you know, 70% of these races are all paying a minimum of $20,000 to win for, you know, like a 30, 40-lap race. So, you know, yes, they're expensive. You know, the motors are fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. But they're doing a lot of these races. You know, they're running like 80 races a year to where in asphalt late models, you know, it's a big deal to run 20 races a year. Uh, we all love Bubba Pollard. He's a legend. He wins. But, you know, uh, you, know you, you cannot run these asphalt late model races for a living. These guys are running these cars, and they're able to pay the bills. I mean, you know, nobody races – local late models or none of those guys do it for a living, but they're able to pay the bills and they, they find a wealthy car owner and they go, Hey, man, here's 30,000 a year. We'll give you 30% of the earnings. And, and a lot of these young dirt racers, you know, that's enough for them at a young age, you know? Uh, 
so Mike, I believe, you know, because, you know, dirt racing is where it's at right now, you know, that's the place to be. However, you, you asked me to bring you up to date on all of it. The, the biggest story going on in asphalt right now is Bob Sargent, dear friend of mine. He's a big promoter. He's actually the promoter down at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Uh, Bob and his group, Spire, they just recently purchased CRA, and that's an asphalt series. Their objective is to run 14 to 16 races a year and bring back the ASA concept where you get the greatest super late model drivers, you know, above a Pollard and that whole group. And they run 14 races a year. They pay good money and they crown a champion. So I'm hoping that, you know, Bob Sargent, along with the Spire group, that they reinvent the American Speed Association and they start bringing asphalt racing back to its prominence. You know, they, they destroyed asphalt racing with what we call monitor racing. People were spending $20,000 on practice, you know, to be number one on the monitor. And their eagles got in the way and it destroyed the sport. And we don't, we don't have monitor racing and dirt racing. Okay, hold, hold that thought right there, Kenny. Jeff, we need to take a break. Come right back. All right. I'm not sure where we're going next, but whatever we're going to do, we're going to solve world problems. We're talking to the one and only Kenny Wallace. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We are talking to the one and only Hermanator, Kenny Wallace. And now, once again, high atop the pit box, Inside the Crosley Speed Sports Studios, I give you Mike Wallace. So, Kenny, you were just telling us about Spire, Spire Racing. Now, for the people that don't know, and I'm thinking I know, this is this the same Spire organization that owns a couple cup cars now in today's world? Yes, it's basically the old Agajanian group. Oh, okay. You know, so, they, you know, they've always been in sports deep, you know, and they've always operated very intelligently you know uh so yeah i mean so anyway we need somebody you know your your question me is what's going on in local racing and you know right now uh to make it a short story dirt racing is way on top it's it's they're they're so big right now that once again you know they're paying a million dollars to win at Eldora this year, and it's not even a far-fetched number. They're just, you know, be, between the, the apps and, you know, putting 23,000 people in the grandstands and the sponsors, Tony Stewart, who owns Eldora, they're just able to do it easily. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's so we're seeing the progression of ass our dirt racing coming back. It's on top of the world, doing well with Bob Sargent, the new guys from Spire in. They're going to try to rebuild the ASA series, American Speed Association, mm-hmm. whether it's called that or not in the future. But so there's really bright things out there in short track racing right now. You know, there's an underlying uh, deal going on in America right now, and uh, leave it to me to bring it up. So, you know. Okay, bring it up. <laughs> I don't, we don't like our President Biden because he's a, he's a Democrat and he operates far left. So, we don't like the things that are going on in America right now. We don't like the uncontrollable border. We don't like these radical 
thoughts of socialism. We just don't like that talk, okay? We don't like defund the police. So we don't like that. But but here's here's what's good right now. And 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 it's a good thing right now. Everybody's got money. I mean, you look at Barrett Jackson, what was going on there over the weekend. Man, there is money flying out everybody's butt right now. And I mean, when you look at NASCAR, we've got a record number of new car owners. Things are financially really good right now. You know, so, uh, you know, they just really are. We, we, we don't like the direction that America is going, but it's sad to say financially everything's kicking ass right now. Got it. Well, I haven't seen any money flying out of my butt, though. I, I, I really haven't. Yeah, well, you, you got to have a monkey. The monkeys make the, the money fly out. Yeah. Well, you, you, know, you know, it's a great conversation. It's a great conversation in life, right? Because I once asked my brother, Mike Wallace, I said, brother, you've been to Italy. I really want to go over there. What's it like? And he goes, Herm, there's a reason everybody in the world wants to come to America. You know, when our four, when, when our forefathers... You know, when they created the rules and regulations, they got it right. And, buddy, America is the place to be. You know, whether people are, are making enough money or not, it just travel anywhere else. I can promise you, Jeff, you know this. I know we're having fun. This is the place to be. Without a doubt. I mean, and all you have to do is not just travel, but I had the, uh, I had the good fortune of living in South America for two years when I was a teenager. Uh, my dad got a job down there, so it makes you appreciate the things that you have and I'm talking about little things like a good cheeseburger or a jelly donut. You know what I mean? So absolutely. All you're going to do is travel uh, travel abroad and, and you'll realize, number one, that yes, we do have it made in America. But number two, uh, we have the right to complain about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No no kidding. I mean, it, you know, it's amazing because I love Canada. Uh, you know, Mike can tell you that, you know, our my mom's side of the family, you know, lived in Banff or Calgary on both both sides, east and west, you know. But uh, I've been to Canada a lot, you know, for racing. And, you know, a home with Tim Hortons coffee. And it's, but you know what? That President Trudeau, I mean, he's got those people locked down. You know, I mean, th they love Canada. But, buddy, they can't move right now, that, you know, because of this virus. And, uh, you know, we live in America. You know, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri right now. We don't wear masks anywhere. We do what we want to do. And yeah, but you have know, you have you read about all the COVID restrictions coming up for uh, the Super Bowl in Los Angeles? Well, it's going to be a joke, right? It's crazy. Here. You, you have to you have to have a vaccination card, uh, or you have to show a negative test from within forty eight hours of the event. Uh, they're going to be handing out these KN ninety five masks to everybody, and you have to wear one inside, outside, doesn't matter. Only exception is when you're eating or drinking, because we all know that that's when COVID takes a break, when we're eating or drinking. So, uh, but I mean, you know, it's it's insane. It, it, so you talk about Canada with their restrictions, Los Angeles, California is right there with them. Well, that was good well, that I give away those tickets. I had tickets for all of us to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> game, and I thought it was too much of a headache. So I just... Let's go to Glamis instead. Yeah, we're going to Glamis. <laughs> our, uh, our mama, our mama Judy... Uh, she would say, quit insulting my intelligence. So we just watched both football games on Sunday. Uh, sold out 70,000 people and not a mask. Now now we're going to put masks on for this game. Yep. I mean, you're At insulting the my intelligence. At the exact same stadium. 
Yeah. You're, insult, you're insulting my intelligence. Stop. And you if, know, so... Yeah, if you want to it's, take your if you want to take your five year old son or grandson or daughter or, or whatever, they're going to have to wear a mask too. They're going to have to be vaccinated as well. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's all it's all theatrics. It's L.A. It's the home of you know Democrats, and they you know they and that's the thing that that divides our 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 America right now is you you insult our intelligence so badly that it's like what? And Mike, you just said it perfectly. We just watched the L.A. Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Not a soul wearing a mask. And they show Leonardo DiCaprio with his mask off talking. And now and now at the same stadium, you know, two weeks later, we're all going to wear masks. And yeah. like, what am I missing here? You well, know? you're missing that power deal. You, tell me, Herm, with all your knowledge, all your social media, uh, we caught you off guard. You were getting ready to go into a restaurant and eat. And I said, we had a guest that canceled. Would you join us? And you've been good enough to do that for us. Tell me if you were the almighty ruler, and I'm going to give it to you in three different scenarios. If you're the almighty ruler of NASCAR, what would mm -hmm. your one or two day change be? If you were the almighty social media lever there, what would those changes be? Because you're you're very knowledgeable on all of it. Well, that's a loaded question because there's never exactly one thing. You know, I was I was rehabbing my shoulder earlier today, and we were talking about, you know, you know with with you know with TV and radio, right? And Joe Rogan on Spotify. Uh, I mean, now we can tune into radio when we want. You know, we don't have to wait for a certain time. We can just listen to him when we want. And this guy, you know, deserves what he got, which is a hundred million dollars. So, to say exactly what the changes are to be, you know, it, it's like when we watch TV right now. We, we, I mean, it's it's exhausting, right? You you got Netflix, Hulu, primetime, Mike. You know, the world is, it it it's, you know, they, they've given us too many choices, right? So, what what do you want? You know, it it's also comes like this. I. I was watching the, the Janet Jackson uh, two-night special on Lifetime, and uh, it dawned on me that, you know, when you look back in the days of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, my God, people were screaming, and oh my God, you know, now now everybody's famous. See, in our day, brother, there was only a handful of people that were superstars, famous. You never got to see them. Now you got, you know, Jennifer Lopez and Janet Jackson. Now they're all on Instagram and they're talking to you. So, you know, th there's, you know, the fans aren't rushing to the airport to see the Beatles land or it, everybody's famous now, everybody. And, you know, to say, what, what what is the one thing I would do in NASCAR? Well, you know, I don't know. I don't have a clue because, you know, people get mad when they wait in line at mcdonald's for two minutes uh it, it's 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 a crazy time right now and and i truly believe that everybody's bopping and weaving you know what do we do what do we do you know and you got companies taking surveys you know what do people like now well they don't know what they like well how do we adjust to that so i'm a, all i know is this i'm for sure about one thing it has been the biggest societal shift since America was created. We have never seen a time 
where people don't know what they want. And I'm positive and I'm for sure about that. People don't know what they want nowadays. And uh, you hear that and you see these debates play out. Well, I'd like a good glazed donut right now. <laughs> what about this, though? What if you take a page out of, say, the NFL playbook and you, and, and you apply it to NASCAR, and what it is is a less is more theory, okay? Yes. So we start the season with the Daytona 500, and we end the season in Darlington Labor Day weekend. Okay, so yes. you, you've got to get rid of some tracks, maybe tracks that we go to twice. You've got to shorten the season, so so less is more. Once again, the NFL only gives you games on Sunday. Now there's one on Monday. Now there's one on Thursday. But that's that's the most exposure for the sport ever. So you you shorten shorten the season, and by wrapping up the season Labor Day weekend in Darlington, you don't compete with football at all. Maybe you run more night races, too. I agree with you 110%. You yeah. said it perfectly. All right, yep. then I'm going I'm to run for commissioner. There you I, go. I agree. I, yeah, but, but you know what? Listen to this, Jeff. It, 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 you know, when you go back 15 years ago, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a, a brilliant kid. You know, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. sent him to military school. Right. Dale, Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a brilliant mind. He was the first one to say what you're saying. We all know he said that. He said, you know, less is more. I mean, there's no secret that we race entirely too much. It's a, it's a disaster. Uh, you're right. Uh, but, you know, the, it, it, and listen, when I was on national TV and we were doing these pre-race shows, I said to, you know, Brian France. Now, we all know Brian France, France has fell out of grace. He's no longer around. But when he was in charge we were at miami homestead and i said uh, brian you know dale Earnhardt jr came out and said we race too much i agree shouldn't we race less and he looked me in the face on national tv and he said tell these racetracks that we're going to take a date away from him and I, I wanted to rough him up but i showed him respect i wanted to look at him and go you own these racetracks <laughs> so it's smi right smi is the you know, Marcus and Bruton Smith and, you know, uh, you know, I, IMC or, you know, that's that's NASCAR. They own over half the track. So, you know, they, they just don't want to give it up because they've already signed all the contracts with, you know, T I mean, listen, we know this. I'm not telling you anything. What is it? One billion a year or is it 500 million? You know, that's what's propping NASCAR up right now. The TV money is mind-boggling we can't even comprehend it so it is tv money that rules our sport right now so you know you say hey tv you know uh we're gonna cut it in half well then they're gonna give you half the money right so so you're right but what do we do all right let's take a break right there we're gonna come back we're gonna do a short edition we've kept him on long enough he's waiting for his burger he's, he's sitting to, in his lap to go to lunch and i just want to talk to you herm when you come back about loading up your dirt car and the things you got coming up in the next couple of weeks we're talking to kenny yeah. wallace and you're listening to fast car and nascar with mike wallace on the speed sport podcast network presented by crosley and nascar digital media Welcome back to the Crosley Speed Sports Studios. This is Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. Today's guest, the one and only Kenny Wallace. And once again, here's Mike. Well, Herm, you got your, uh, you told us before you were going to get your dirt car loaded up, your dirt mod. 
you live in Arnold, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. That's right where we grew up at back in yesteryear, just two miles down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell everybody that's listening, because you have a tremendous following on social media, and I see it's it's amazing watching the people's articles and what they say and think. So lay it all out there. When you get done eating today, and you and Austin get ready to head back to the house, what do you do and how do you get prepped to get ready to leave to go to Daytona? And Daytona meaning Volusia County, the racetracks that you're going to run with your dirt car. Well, we just got done racing in Daytona at, the, you know, 20 miles north of the Daytona Speedway, like you said, at Volusia. So we just got done racing there in November. And we ran really good. We won one and we finished third in the other against the best in the United States. So I knew... I don't need to mess with the car a lot, but I, I, I did all the maintenance on the car, uh, got the car ready to go. So we have a beautiful day in St. Louis. It's 46 degrees. It's sunny, but we got a winter storm coming in tomorrow. So we're going to go ahead and load up early in good weather. And uh, then we're really going to play uh, weather people. We're going to see, you know, uh, they're, they're saying they can't get a good grip on this winter storm uh the first one this year in st louis is it going to be five inches going to be eight inches can we you know so we're going to figure that out brother so we're going to get loaded up today and uh we're gonna we're gonna watch the weather channel and uh i got another kid that's going with us and uh he's in he's in college really nice kid good race car driver one asked me back in september and i said yeah you can go so if it weren't for that kid, we'd leave in the morning. Uh, so, you know, even though we, we got a little money nowadays, we still play the I'm broke card. We're Missouri frugal, right? You, you still, and I grew up. You still got some of that NASCAR money? All of it. All of it. So I, just, I got it all. Just to so, let you know, Jeff Kent, as he does throughout the show, if there's something we're in question of, he pulls it up on Google. I would suggest looking at the map, the weather map. I'd load that baby up and I <laughs> yeah. and I'd head south because it looks like it's going to snow, brother. I would I, I would get a couple hundred miles out of St. Louis <laughs> as quick as possible. <laughs> so you know, you know, you know, and here's where I'm going with that. You're right. So, so I'm retired now, but I represent a lot of great companies still. You know, Jags and Crow Equipment. These are these are big companies. You know, MVT and so, uh, you know. We don't worry about hotel rooms now because I'm going to be staying with a dear friend named Tom Ort in New Smyrna, so I get to stay free. So it's like, you know, let's leave because we're not going to spend any more money on hotel rooms. So I'd leave I'd leave in the morning, and I'm waiting for this kid's dad to get back with me. I'm like, hey, man. He goes, well, you know, let, one of his teachers is a drag racer. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that's where we're at right now, brother. Uh, you know, you know, even Kim, you know, my my wife, she's like, you need to get out of town, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not in a hurry to get out of town, but you know, she, she's right. You know, it was funny you say that. I was watching a uh, video release last week of Mark Richards, the guys over at Rocket Chassis, and they were going, right. "We're getting out of town." They got their truck and trailer all loaded, clean, looking really stylish, and. The next day, it shows us sitting in Florida, and they says we beat them out. <laughs> well, you know what? Myself and Austin talked about that about an hour ago. I said, you know, it's not that I'm worried about getting out of town. What it is, 
this interstate 24 you know getting from st louis to nashville you know 64 to 24 and then what happens is you know the storm is going to end up going down around tennessee what i worry about is you know the 10 mile the the wrecks you know what i mean you know you don't want to get caught i mean it's very easy to be you know, stopped on the interstate for two and ten hours. Yeah, it just happened a couple of weeks ago on uh, I-95 in Virginia, right? <clears throat> right. So, you know, that, that you try to defend against that, you know. So, yeah, that so that, that's where we're at now. There we go. Well, Herm, I want to normally carry these on for a while longer, but Jeff and I are probably going to sit around and talk a little bit and let you get back to eating your sandwich and getting ready to go load that race car up. And I want to thank you for coming on, filling the time spot for us and keeping us up to speed. And so when do you race? Give us those dates that everybody who's watching and listening want to want to tune in and watch Kenny Wallace race at Volusia and other racetracks. So we start racing uh, on Monday, uh, February 7th. We race on that night, February 7th. And then our last night is Saturday, February 12th. Then we will hang out in New Smyrna. Well, I can only assume we, we lost that connection. And uh, Cell phones are not perfect. No, but I, I really appreciate him coming on, Jeff. You know, we kind of threw him under the wagon. He was pulling into a place to get a bite to eat, and we had a call that didn't come through, but that filled in a little bit. And uh, oh, no, It's always nice to catch up with Kenny. Yeah. You know. So what do you think? Let's, let's fill a little bit of the show. What, what is your thought on the L.A. Coliseum event? Well, you know, I, I listen to what everybody says. I listen to everybody's point of view. When I first heard about it, I thought it was a joke. All right? I'm like, these guys are not even going to be able to get out of third gear on a quarter-mile racetrack in, in, in that big stock car with all that horsepower. But, you know, I'm sure they'll run some special gear or whatever. So, you know, who knows? Um, you know, they'll be screaming into turn one at... 60 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a far cry from Daytona because I love racing at Daytona. Love it, love it, love it. So when I first heard about the clash of the Coliseum, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What are they trying to do? But I understand uh, your brother Kenny had a, had a great point. It's, um, it's all about money. It's all about TV money. There are not going to be that many people in attendance at, at that race, but there are going to be a lot of eyes on it on TV. And so from that standpoint, it will probably be deemed a success. Will it be entertaining? I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. But but I'm going to be watching. But I, I'll be honest with you, I can't wait for the following week when they run the qualifying races on Thursday, uh, the Xfinity race on Saturday, and the Daytona 500 on Sunday. I love racing at Daytona. But, you know, once again, my, my point for NASCAR is you got to give them less. And, and, and I know that's that's probably not going to happen because of the money and because of the TV deal. But you've got to cut some of these tracks out that, that we go to twice, uh, start the season with the Daytona 500 in February, and wrap it up Labor Day weekend in Darlington. Less is more. You don't compete with football. You know. I love that opinion. It is opinion. Martinsville, you know, this year is going from a 500-mile race down to a 400-mile race. Mm -hmm. You know, they've already had people, oh, I cannot believe we're going to back it up 100 miles. Well, I don't know how many people have sat in Martinsville in the grandstands or even watched it on television or much less, as I have, competed in it 
that's a long damn race at 500 laps at Martinsville. Right. Your legs are sore where you're breaking so much. and uh, I wouldn't have a problem know. with all of the 500 milers going to 400. I yeah, I mean, not with that at all. What do you think the time is that people like to be entertained for? If you were to a couple hours, three hours? I would say, once again, the NFL has it right, where the games last right around three hours. A baseball game maybe lasts two and a half to three hours. So I would say that's about it. Because, you know, if you're at a sporting event, don't you at some point, halfway through or whatever, look at your watch or look at your phone and go, all right, I'm done. This is pr- yeah. this is probably going to be over by 4 o'clock or so. I'm going to get home and I'm going to do this. Or we're going to go to dinner tonight or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm saying probably just a few hours. I gave an opinion a few years ago that nobody really caught on, nor did they want to hear it, I think. Tell me, Jeff, if you think this is right or wrong. If you go to a football game, baseball game, you can sit there and talk with your buddies. You can have a beer, and you can hear each other. Mm-hmm. I, even though as cool as it doesn't sound, I think we need to implement mufflers on cup cars. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know? Because that's part of the, I don't know, for, for the race fan, that's part of the. Or somewhere that you can go in the event to walk away and get a little ear silence. You should you know, be able to be do able... that. You should be able to do that. However, part of the allure to the sport, to me, always was those bright shiny paint jobs paint schemes on those cars okay and then when they crank them up you can smell the race fuel and then when they start running around you can smell the the rubber on the you know from the tires and whatnot that you know that that's racing it smells like race hell when you go to the uh, racetrack and you get in there and all those grills are going at the concession stands but all those grills are going in the infield that smells like a racetrack. Oh, smell like a, you know, and then you add the fuel and the rubber, and, you know. So, no, uh, uh, making uh, racetracks quiet, no, i got to disagree with you. There. Well, see, at least i got a comment, you know. <laughs> no, your idea sucks, Mike, just let you know. Okay, Jeff, yours are good. So, you know, we kind of had a little bit of a broken-up show today, but I think we've learned some nice things. Kenny helped us out there in his opinions. We've had our opinions and um, the next race that's going to take place for the NASCAR world is the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Coliseum, and then, of that, course, we go to Daytona, and then it's on yeah. for the 2022 season. So we'll see. And we'll meet back here weekly and discuss it. Yes, I think that would be a good it idea. Does, so we'll, we uh, we'll probably take a, a little break off the show, a little quicker today than normal, and uh, we'll come back with some great guests on next time we do it. Let's tidy it up. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network presented by Crosley and NASCAR Digital Media. See you next week.